Hello and welcome to episode 83 of the Paropod. We're back again this week with more Brown Talk. Oh, it's a Brown Town, you know? A serious amount of Brown Town this episode. How have you been for the past week on? I've been good. Tired, good? but good. Tired? <laughs> Why are you tired? Just work, man. Work, <laughs> Work, yeah, going out, you know, yeah. meeting people. <laughs> yeah, the, the cycle of life. The social battery is draining very quickly every weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd stay in this weekend. I think, I think it's better for the soul. Yeah. Day, you know? I was planning on being like, oh, I might just stay in this weekend and then... Got the text. <laughs> got the text. You got called <laughs> up. Like, oh, yeah, fuck. Yeah, yeah. oh, and you're needed. You're on. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I was like, I was like, I don't think he really wants to go out. Yeah, no, it's tough, man. Getting called out, you know. <laughs> I got called out. I had to go out. It's just fucking, you know, sore business. <laughs> <laughs> sore business. Drinks yeah. were needed. I did one of the most embarrassing things I think I've ever done in a bar. What? Hadn't even had my first drink yet. And uh, I sat down at the, like with the mates and all. And Steve was like, oh, can you... Are you going up to the bar? I was like, yes. And he's like, can you get me a, a Jameson and Ginger? I was like, yeah, no worries. And I walked to the bar. I was like, you know what? I'm going to get one as well. I'll get one of those nice, easy drink. And I walked to the bar at Denver Cassidy's. And I was like, can I get, get a Jameson Ginger? And and then I blanked. I was like, what's the third thing that goes into the drink? And yeah. she was looking at me. She's like, and? I was like, and uh, what's the other thing? I said to her like, What's the other thing that goes into the drink? She's like, what drink? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, a Jameson ginger and... And she's like, and what? And I was like, that's the fucking problem. <laughs> and I literally... Lime, is it? Absolute brain fart. It wasn't... Because was, she was like, lime? I was like, no, no, that's not it. That's not it. And I was like, what the fuck is the other thing that goes into the drink? And Emily was there and she she came around because oh, I hadn't seen yeah. her in years. Gave her a hug and all. Your one was still standing there waiting for me to fucking finish up my order. And I was like, turned down and was like... Jameson Ginger and she's like and what and I was like that's the fucking problem what's the what? third thing and she's like ice is like it's not fucking ice that's not what I, that's not ice, the thing that's a good answer though. I had to like physically describe the bottle of what I wanted she's like ginger ale I was like yeah and she's like it's just a Jamie and ginger I was like oh for fuck's sake and I turned back around I was like I am so sorry <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> just, I haven't even started drinking yet just so you know <laughs> <laughs> this man has aphasia <laughs> I was like just uh, Jameson Ginger please and she's like and what? I was like, no, no, it's just that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know why. I just because I said and, I don't know yeah. why I said and. I said and. I was like, you tricked yourself. Brain shot the bed. Could not think of what the other thing was. Like, yeah, it's always it's always important not to overthink what you're saying at the mm-hmm. bars. Yeah, I have a pint. You know, just, yeah, oh, I didn't order that. I just want a pint, please. Just take a pint. Of water. Just a pint, please. <laughs> <laughs> you decide. Your finest pint, please. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's grim. That's mm. grim. But Jamie Ginger, yeah, that's nice and simple. Nice and simple. Refreshing as well. It's good for hydration. Mm. Good for hydration. Absolutely down the man. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're delicious. They're very nice. But yeah. WrestleMania was on the weekend. Mm, yeah. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. I didn't watch any of it, but... (laughs) Interesting storylines going on there. Yeah. Stone Cold returned. Vince McMahon returned. Got some backstage AEW fucking... Beef? Beef, like... This is the weird world of of behind the scenes of wrestling, right? So AEW is the counterpart or the, the rival the rival yeah that's a better word the rival to WWE and it was set up by this guy Cody Rhodes these two brothers called the Young Bucks instead of a guy called Kenny Omega and Cody Rhodes used to be in WWE and he was a pure mid card dude never but he was like you know he was tag champ and like their mid card champions and stuff like that and then he he left and he was like I'm gonna become a star outside of WWE because independent wrestling is bigger than people realize and he went around and he started his own company and stuff like that but then the fans of AEW started to turn on him because he was always trying to be like a baby face like a good guy mm. and then he was like 
WWE called and they're like, do you want to come back? And he's like, yeah, I do. <laughs> What? immediately went back to WD at the first chance he got traitor traitor man what a fraud but like he set it up he set it up and I he's like oh, I'm done up. he's like oh no it's my time to move on it's like your whole thing for like the past six years <laughs> is like I'm anti WWE and then he immediately went back and he he returned at Wrestlemania and did he did he uh, was it a good return yeah it looked good cool. I mean he's but like he's literally he like higher ranking yeah now or he's whatever? like higher up than he was yeah, he's like yeah. I'm gonna I wanna become WWE champ it's like because that's all he literally basically said because that's all that matters and it's like your whole thing <laughs> for the past six years oh man yeah it was he the one that was like uh, it's all fixed and that they're done they're not uh, it's there's no merit to yeah like the rankings and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that and he was like a fan favorite was that him or was that a different guy that might be a different guy yeah pretty different guy yeah but still like it's just like it's so fucking funny it's so weird <laughs> wrestling's so fucking weird yeah yeah the the the, the images of uh, Vince McMahon getting what is it? Stun, uh, stun, stunner. Getting stunnered by a... <laughs> stone Cold. Stone Cold. Very, very bizarre. 76-year-old Vince McMahon. Dude's fucking ripped. Man has to be on yeah, some dude. amount of steroids. Yeah, yeah. He looks like he's kind of out of it as well. Yeah. Because the face does not match the body. <laughs> no, it doesn't at all. It looks like a deep fake almost. You know? <laughs> it looks so weird. Yeah. And when he talks as well, he's like... He doesn't really like, yeah. enunciate properly. <laughs> he's on the serious <laughs> Oh, uh, wrestling's so fucking weird. Wrestling brain. I'm telling you, man. All those concussions. Yeah, it's not good for you. Not good, not for, good you. for you. Not good for you. Concussion's bad. Yeah, they're not Hot good. take. <laughs> Hot take. Yeah, concussion's bad, bad, bad idea. But yeah. Well, yeah, did you watch any movies on the weekend? Yeah, I had a, f- I had a look at a few. Not many now. Mm, not same. many. <laughs> I wasn't even busy. I just didn't get around to watching anything, really. You know? Tired. Yeah. Tired, always tired, getting old. Never ends. But uh, yeah, I watched this weird film. Out of nowhere, really. It's called Heart of a Dog. It's this Russian film from 1988. When you put this up, I was like, does he mean the power of the dog? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, for some reason, the title appealed to me. That, that probably is it, yeah. Plus, like, dog-themed films. I've been kind of on, like, a... A canine buzz. A canine buzz <laughs> recently, yeah, yeah. Dog films, they're, they're quite cool. This isn't really a dog film, though. It's based on the 1924 Mikhail Bulgakov novel. It's the same guy who did Master Margarita. That's his main thing. That's what people would know him for. He's this big Soviet, or not Soviet, just a Russian writer, really. Mm. And he wrote this book in 924. It's called Heart of a Dog. And it's basically like a satire of, you know, Russian politics, Russian society at the time. It was banned for 50 years, of course. You know, so <laughs> <laughs> can't let this. They're like, you can't let this happen. Because like, it's kind of like a, uh, it's a, yeah, it's, it's like critical of uh, the USSR and the Bolsheviks and stuff like that. Mm. As you were, you know, as... Was kind as of, we expected. <laughs> as was kind of fashionable as well back in the day. Again, this was like in 1924. This is the thing I actually didn't know. This, this was like a... You know the way after they consolidated power after the Russian Civil War, mm-hmm. there was a period of uh, the NEP, the New Economic Policy, where they basically like did a speed run through capitalism. Yeah, yeah. yeah they used yeah. the prisoners and stuff like that to like, build up the economy. Yeah, yeah. They built up the industrial base by basically just like going full libertarian, yeah. insane, brutal capitalism for like three or four years. That's what uh, Marx always said. He's like, you need to have a period of capitalism to in order to move on to communism because you need that uh, like that kind of bumper period, basically. Yeah, yeah, to build up the uh, the capacity to to build socialism. But uh, this was Lenin's idea, and he, that happened for, uh, it went on for like three or four years. And apparently at the time, people weren't sure if it was going to, mm. if there's going to, you know, that socialism was a thing that they're going to do. They're just yeah. going to, you know, do like a Chinese kind of thing where it's just like, oh, we'll just stick with capitalism. Yeah. Know? If the whole communism kind of rhetoric was just like, uh, just kind of fake out. Yeah. What's know? that? What's that? One of those? They built some fucking huge 
generator or something on a river? What was it that they did? On a river? Yeah, they did like some they did some massive fucking construction in those years and they just used basically slave labor to build it. Yeah, yeah. The mm. prison man, the cri- prison colonies like they yeah. they so many prisoners they're like might as well put them to use. Yeah. You know? <laughs> they have to do something. Yeah. They can't just be they gotta they gotta busy themselves in Siberia. But yeah, that, so there's a period briefly where they're like, this maybe this is gonna like swing in. This could go either way. Mm. And he wrote that within that context. He wrote the novel within that context, and it's kind of about a uh, two main characters. This dog called Sharik, <laughs> I think is his name. Is it he means, a good boy? <laughs> he's a good boy. He, well, he's like a street dog, and he's like a, he gets scalded with like boiling water at the start, and so he's kind of like he's feeling sorry for himself, and uh, he's like kind of waiting to die in like the uh, fucking. The, the threshold of some butcher's fucking uh, doorway or whatever. Mm. And uh, he's rescued by this doctor, this, like, kind of, like, social climber doctor, like, sort of a holdover from the the old Russia, mm-hmm. who is basically not ready for communism or whatever. He hates the Bolsheviks, and he hates he hates the working class. He's, he's openly, he's like, I hate the proletariat. <laughs> you know, he's just straight. I don't yeah. know. But he can do this because he's he's, like... He has the fucking skills. They, mm-hmm. they can't dispense with this guy because he does. Uh, he performs like surgeries for the, like uh, the Bolsheviks and stuff. Like he's he's very knowledgeable man. But he's basically like the um, uh, avatar of the bourgeois ideal. You know. Yeah. Like he's so he's a perfectly um, self-made man. You know he's he he's he's able to maneuver in this like very uh, tricky social situation purely off the back of his own skill and mm-hmm. his own ingenuity and stuff like that. So he stands for that, like kind of the old bourgeois, or maybe the new bourgeois at the time. It was kind of a weird time like that. Uh, and then the dog stands in for the proletariat, you know, fucking rode off, fucked, uh, dying on the street. The dog. The dog, yeah, the the, the proletariat dog was basically useless and uh, feeling sorry for himself and acting on resentment, basically. Mm-hmm. So the dog's like, oh, I have such a hard life. It's so hard. I guess taken in by the, the doctor. And the doctor brings him back to life, basically. And it uh, takes pity on him, which is also kind of a metaphor for capitalism and stuff mm. like that, and the welfare state, I suppose. And uh, it comes to a point where the, it, it, it takes from real-life situations where there was a kind of experimental attitude in, in medicine and science at the time, and art, and like, uh, that, that whole period in like 1920s Russia was insane, the, the amount of uh, crazy experimental studies and projects that went on yeah she like literally like fucking uh montage and stuff like that came from that period yeah 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 there's like <clears throat> there was no rules yeah for a very br- brief period and he could do literally whatever he wanted and they did and there were a lot of mistakes involved like for example when they tried to transplant the head of one dog onto the other and uh, there was another thing about the um uh when stalin tried to uh, engineer uh, super soldiers to yeah, fight the Nazis, yeah, yeah. which was actually a, a real thing, mm-hmm. where he tried to combine the strength and kind of brutishness of uh, chimpanzees with the uh, ingenuity of, of man and create a human Z, which would be indestructible. And we could ba- basically print them and like send them to the front lines. And uh, that was like, a, like, they were very open-minded people, mm. you know? They were willing to try anything. <laughs> absolutely anything. Cause anything to beat the Nazis. They were in a siege situation. They needed to do something. They needed to pull something out of the bag. Yeah, there were a few doctors at the time which were experimenting with these weird medi- medical anomalies and like these weird ideas. There's one guy in particular who, which is uh, they believe is what the the doctor in the novel is based off. Who mm. is uh, uh, he was like stationed in a university near where Bulgakov would have been living at the time, and uh, his idea uh, it wasn't really anything to do with like uh, medical innovation or anything like that. But he wanted to transplant ovaries into men 
to give them kind of like a uh, uh, like a rejuvenative power, you know? Right. And apparently he had some success. What? <laughs> yeah, I don't but know. But it's like with just stem cells, like it ended up being... Yeah, that's kind of the idea, yeah. basically, yeah. That he would just like take ovaries, I assume from dead people, and uh, put them into men. Uh, he also had another thing where he'd get the testicles of chimpanzees and stick them into uh, like the the uh, genital sac of men and stuff. And apparently this also had some kind of weird rejuvenative power. And uh, he Super balls. Yeah, he <laughs> mega balls. If you have four <laughs> balls, you've got double the power, basically. That so was, much testosterone. <laughs> it was mathematics more than anything, really. But um, yeah, so like this guy was just fucking crazy. He actually got, they, they basically banned this guy. They sent him out to Siberia eventually. Because <laughs> they were like, you're just fucking insane. This has nothing to do with science. <laughs> this is just insane. And they sent him off. This man is playing like <laughs> with God's power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing, basically. Because it is a, basically a eugenics story. And um, aren't they always? Yeah, at the end of the day, every science story from that period is just like yeah. eugenics. <laughs> you know, maybe it's okay. <laughs> maybe maybe it's okay. Maybe it's not such a good idea. And uh, in this one, the uh, rather than they basically combine those two stories, and rather than transplanting the head of a dog, the uh, the doctor, who his name is Philip Filipovich, uh, which is uh, part of a traditional in Russian novels, apparently where. They have like these weird nonsense names. Mm. So like the uh, his assistant is called uh, Ivan Arnaldovich, and the dog, who later becomes a human, um, is named uh, Polygraph Polygrapha Stofanovich. <laughs> you know stuff like that. Oh, those classic Russians. Yeah, always yeah. with their usual Just gags. Very uh, nonsense. And uh, but yeah, so the, the Philip Filipovich he replaces the pituitary gland of the dog. Uh, with that of a human, or the other way around, I'm not sure. But basically, the to- the dog starts to become a man. He like, slowly evolves into a man, and he has like fur. It's, the special effects are pretty cool. Uh, I actually thought this film was from the 1920s, and uh, it was also banned for 50 years. Mm. But the, the the ban on the book was lifted in the 80s, and that's when the film was made. So the special effects are slightly less impressive. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the dog slowly evolves into a man. Uh, and he gains speech and stuff like that, and he can play instruments. And he's just kind of like a Neanderthal kind of guy. Mm. But that plays into the whole allegory. Like, he's the perfect proletarian. Yeah. Like, he's just a fucking apish brute who can, like, grunt and, like, uh, perform these, like, really basic commands. He's like the horse people in Sorry to Bother You. Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. He's just basically, he's fodder for the uh, the system, essentially. Uh, and they have this, this kind of, like, uh, I don't know, it's like a... Uh, parody kind of scene where uh, the doctor, the assistant, and the uh, the uh, polygraph, the like the the dog man kind of person, have a discussion about uh, Marx and Engels and their commentary on uh, Kautsky and stuff, mm. and like uh, anarchist and like versus a uh, socialist political theory. Yeah, and like the dog man person is like uh, he's like dismissive of like uh, anarchism, but also Engels and stuff like that. And they're like, man, you're a dog. Like, what are you? Yeah. Do? What are you? <laughs> the doctor's like, what? <laughs> dogs are stroking his chin. Like, mm, I'm not too sure about English. Yeah, it's like you have no idea what you're talking about. But obviously, the entire time he's talking to the proletariat. Yeah, he's like, you guys, you are just there. You just, you're just like acting in like as monkeys in your own self-interest, and there's no actual real thought behind it. Yeah, as like a, a commentary on the wider revolution and the the context of the period. Uh, and the the, the dog man guy. Uh, basically works his way up the ranks of the local party. He becomes a head of pest control where he's like able to sniff out cats and uh, and mice and stuff like that. Yeah, so, uses. so he cleans up he cleans up his little suburb of, of Moscow. Cleans up the streets. Yeah, yeah. He he is the vengeance of the Russian people. <laughs> and um you know 
And then it's just basically a story of this doctor having to navigate this tricky situation where he's he is a powerful guy and he is kind of uh, like immune from prosecution in many ways because he's so close to the the upper echelons of the party and stuff. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he's very very much caught up with this uh, tension between uh, this abomination he's created, which is uh, also kind of the paragon of you know the period. This yeah, is, this yeah. is the uh, you know prototypical uh, Russian proletariat. This is the new man, you know. The the uh, I think it's the Homo Sovi Sovieticus is like it's like an actual term that they had where they they had this idea of reshaping man, like the whole yeah yeah Stalinist idea of that um, that uh, humans are something that can be shaped mm. and that we can that, that social engineering, genetic engineering, all those things are things that are endeavors that should be uh, undertaken for the you know the benefit of mankind for some greater good, yeah, which is completely unclear at some you know some distant point in the future yeah it's mad how all that stuff always just boils down to eugenics like what you're describing yeah. is just eugenics it's just it's just eugenics yeah. yeah yeah it's like yeah it's just like modernism in uh in overdrive and that's basically the guts of the film it's like it's really silly it's it's got it's very funny it's like it's not serious at all mm. and, uh, oh, good. yeah good because if this was serious be like you know yeah i'm surprised it got released because this was released before the fall in uh, the fall of USSR in 1988 and the, f- the whole film is basically like this whole thing is a sham. Like yeah. this is a complete sham. Stalin is an idiot. Uh, the Bolsheviks are like uh, monkeys. Uh, and the Russian people are also monkeys. And they have no... They're all sheep. They're all sheep. And uh, the, bourge- the bourgeois, the learned bourgeois intellectual class are like the only, um, you know, kind of virtuous um, group of people yeah. around. Uh, like if I... Like, if they did that, if that they had some kind of a, or if like fucking Marvel made some rebuke of Western values and released it, and it was massively popular, I'd be like, something's about to collapse. Yeah. Like something, something's <laughs> off here. This doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, like they act as if it was kind of a surprise that it fell. But like, if you look at this film, it's like it's just straight up in a, a complete uh, denouncement of everything mm-hmm. that the USSR stood for, yeah. basically, which is kind of funny in a uh, really kind of almost a sad way. Yeah. It's kind of pathetic. You can see this coming from a mile off. Yeah, very cynical film, very very satirical, very uh, I don't know, slapstick. Yeah, it's 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 strange though. It's on it's on YouTube. It's uh, like an hour and a half. Sounds good. It has subtitles and all. I wouldn't recommend watching it because there's like nothing really to say about it, but it's quite funny. Yeah, it's just like for the for a piece of history, it's cool. Yeah, yeah, as an article of history, yeah. Especially when like 1924, like they were have they were like taking the piss out of them. And then it's like, yeah. oh, we'll release it now. And it's like, oh shit, we're about to collapse. <laughs> yeah, no wonder they banned it, yeah. They should have kept it banned. <laughs> yeah, if, if this film had stayed banned, you probably still have who a... Who knows? Who knows what would have happened, you know? Did this film change the course of history? It very well could Maybe have. it did. <laughs> who's yeah. to say? Who's to say? Who's, who's to say, really? Who's to say? But yeah, um, yeah. did you watch any any films yourself? I watched a few movies. I watched uh, Shin Godzilla. Oh, very good. Today, This is the... Most recent, I won't say the newest, but it's the most recent Japanese Godzilla film. Um, it is directed by Hideaki Anno. Hideaki Anno, who's the guy that created Neon Genesis Evangelion. Um, in a similar sense to the original uh, Godzilla, which you talked about before on the podcast, this film is very much so focused on people rather than Godzilla. Mm. Like Godzilla is this nuclear uh, natural disaster that occurs basically, and it's kind of weird because at the start, like Godzilla's like um, 
it starts like straight away like Godzilla has just emerged out of the depths and he's like just chilling there in the water and they're trying to figure out what, what it is the, what's going on with the water like is it a volcano but like it doesn't make any sense because it's it's a volcano that's emerged above like an underground tunnel that they have from like underneath the river so like it can't be a it doesn't make any sense if it's a volcano. Mm. So one fellow's like, maybe it's a big fucking creature. And they're like, shut up, man. It's hardly a fucking creature. <laughs> hardly, mate. Um, and then Godzilla emerges and he just like slumps out. Like at the start, I was like, wait, maybe this isn't Godzilla. Maybe this is like another creature and Godzilla comes into it. But what it is is that it's like baby Godzilla, basically. And then it evolves once and then it evolves three times and it evolves four times eventually to become like, proper Godzilla oh right and Godzilla's fucking scary in this movie man he is wrecking shit up and it's like they don't know at the start they're like they don't know what to do there's, the film is more or less a critique of bureaucracy like there's loads of stuff of um, uh, like people all these committees like talk and it's like oh we need to do this it's like oh yeah but we can't do anything until the fucking defense force agrees to that yeah. and they can't do anything until the environmental people give us the go ahead like, so for the first attack of godzilla they don't do anything because they're not sure what to do mm. and it's like this is completely unprecedented that's um, interesting that's it is interesting, yeah. and like there's bits where like uh the, like when they do start to attack it, you would literally watch the chain of command go all the way down where like the prime minister's like Okay, attack, and then one person, the who like one of the secretaries, turns to the person beside him, is like launch the attack, and then he picks up a phone, is like launch the attack, and then the general's like, okay, good, tell them to launch the attack, <laughs> yeah. and then that person's like, you can attack now, and then the the cop, the helicopter's like, okay, we can attack now, go go go, yeah, <laughs> um, and like all this type of stuff, it is very, it, it's 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 a critique of bureaucracy and stuff like yeah. that, because that that was the first reaction to COVID, yeah. That's like, yeah. That's literally what happened. Yeah. In, in, within the EU, anyway. I remember there was like a uh, the Euro group, like all the all the finance ministers from the EU all met up at, at like the end of March 2020, like as COVID was mm -hmm. like ripping through Italy, and it was clearly ripping through all of Europe. But yeah. hadn't, hadn't really been like kind of apprehended how bad it was. And all the finance ministers met up at the Euro group, and uh, they all like chatted away. They're like, "What should we do? What should we do?" And had like a big conference. It was like. Went on for hours. I don't know if it was like a day or two or whatever. But they came up with the the, the idea, their, their plan at the end of it all, we'll just do nothing. Mm -hmm. We'll just wait and see what happens Yeah. if we're forced to do anything. Because no one could agree to do any and kind of action. Yeah, that's yeah. literally what happens just in this film. so much bureaucracy. And yeah. then like, like after the first attack, Godzilla like fucks off. And they don't even attack him the first time. This is like in his final form. Did they actually launch the attack against him? And he goes back into the water. And I was like, well, maybe he's gone. It's like, well, we can't just assume that he's gone. We need to like form a strategy. It's like, how do we form a strategy for something that we don't know anything about? Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. they're just like, they look around. They're like, oh Jesus, he's after fucking bringing all this radiation in with them. And they're like, how? Like, it's all this stuff. Like, trying to figure out what Godzilla is. Because some people are like, like for something this large, is that, like, how is it creating its energy? Mm. and like maybe it's nuclear and someone's like it can't be fucking nuclear that's impossible <laughs> and they're like oh there's all this radiation around oh fuck it is nuclear <laughs> yeah, yeah. um and it's it like there's this is fucking brilliant bit at the start of the film where like um they're like they're talking because it's it's when godzilla's still in the water and they're like ah, oh, because of the size of it it's impossible it is physiologically impossible for it to get out of the water because it will just crush itself mm. with its own mass right. yeah, basically yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so the prime minister of Japan's there talking. He's like, 
don't worry, it is completely impossible for this thing to get out of the water. And then someone rushes up and he's like, it's like, it's what? And then it just cuts to Godzilla walking on the, yeah. <laughs> on, the on the land and stuff like that. Um, part of the film as well is that like none of the characters have any development because it's not meant to be like individualistic. It's a collective thing. Mm. The people of Japan coming together to like fight this thing off. So like all the characters don't really mean that much. It's all about, you know, the people joining together to take on this thing. Mm. Um, and then it has this commentary as well where the US and all start getting involved because like this thing can evolve. They figure out that, they, that it can evolve wings and they're like, oh shit, it can, it can fly. It <laughs> might be able to learn how to fly. Yeah. And then we're like, the entire world is fucked then. So the US led UN go, we need to nuke it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and J- and Japan is just like when that happens, like the film kind of pauses and it's like all the characters are like we will not let a third bomb be dropped on our country. We cannot let that happen. Yeah, yeah, that's like yeah. Going back to the original metaphor. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they're like talking. They try to figure out. They come up with a plan eventually, and they defeat Godzilla or whatever. Um, they freeze him basically. <laughs> with what? Just, they just shoot loads of like not nitrogen, but they basically shoot loads of. Uh, you know, not nitrogen. What's that stuff? Um, liquid, liquid nitrogen. Yeah, that it's the, yeah. Turns into glass. Yeah, yeah, they basically just freeze them with liquid nitrogen. Like more complicated, but that's basically what they do. With <laughs> all these the freeze. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what killed the dinosaurs? <laughs> the ice age. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and like the it uses this um, blend. <laughs> I, I just realized the, the Ice Age didn't kill the dinosaurs. No, it didn't. Yeah, I, did, I didn't ever got that. Yeah. <laughs> it was a meteorite, bro. They nuked the dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The universe has nuked the dinosaurs, basically. So maybe, um, maybe the UN should have nuked it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, they use this like weird form of like a blend of CGI and costume. What's some? Uh, what was that thing called? Where like they were a uh, motion cap. It's not motion, like the, the like the traditional style of making the, the Godzilla suit and stuff like that. I don't know. Remember they had a, they had a phrase for that wearing like a suit. I can't remember what it was, but they use like a blend of that. Yeah. Because the because like the CGI in some parts looks really good, and in some parts it's like like Godzilla is freaky looking because like it's really highly detailed. But kind of bad CGI. Yeah, yeah. But not bad CGI. Like it's it's weird. <laughs> Godzilla looks fucking weird in this film. Like especially when he's like this weird like mutant baby that's crawling out of the fucking water. His eyes are really fucking penetrating and weird looking. Like I don't know how to describe it. But it's it's very good. Um, it's a very hopeful film as well, which is unusual. Like 2016, I feel like most films yeah, from we're depressing. Like, yeah. We're just depressing and very cynical. Like it, there is like. Cynicism, cynicism is that the word? I'm looking? Yeah, yeah. yeah, cynicism against like bureaucracy and like you know the chain of command and like how complicated the modern world is in terms of actually making a fucking decision on what we're gonna do, mm, taking a stand. But then the whole thing is like everyone does a bit where like uh, one of the characters is just like, ah, oh, like it's nice to see like there is like all the committees and everyone is just working together like one organism against this thing like the human race have just in japan have just banded together and it's just like oh we just need to work this out and like take this thing down this common threat against all of us 
Um, mm. and then it's like a hopeful film. Like in the 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 US are like they're like they're at the start or like halfway through the film they're like the bad guys, but then like nah, you guys are right. Maybe we shouldn't nuke you a third time. We'll we'll help you out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so France and all get involved and Russia and China. They're all like supporting Japan all to like guys. take down this common enemy. Mm. How does it compare to the? Because this came out the same year as the Western Godzilla film. No, this is 2016, so that's 2014 or 13 was the Western one. Well, how does it compare? Oh, Jesus. It's fucking... Like, even the fact that, like... Like, Godzilla in 2013, it's a similar thing. It was like, oh, it's just like this natural disaster. But the the frustrating thing about that film is that it cuts away yeah. from everything. Yeah, this yeah. film is like, here's the massive destruction that's doing. And when Godzilla, like, blasts his laser... It like it is insane the amount of destru- destruction that he that he does. Mm. Like he blasts his laser. Now first what he does is he like takes a a breath in and like blows out all this like smoke and just like covers like fucking five kilometers squared of uh, of Tokyo mm. and then he just breathes fire and the fire just destroys everything and then just the laser comes out and he just sticks up his head because he's getting bombed above. And he just cuts buildings straight in half. And then he just looks up and he just blasts the fucking stealth bombers at like, like miles up into the air. Mm. And like the dist- and then every time that the laser hits something, just slices it in half and in like this really like satisfying way, but like destruction, like yeah. death. And it's like, oh fuck, there's That's people that, people live in that building, like yeah. as you were saying about <laughs> the original Godzilla. Um it always focuses on like the, the human suffering of it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, because the other one, the Western one's so shit. Like, oh, I, so bad. I've only ever heard about this film in uh, like a positive light versus the uh, uh, Edwards version, like mm. 2014 Godzilla. Like, because yeah. it, it just, what were they thinking with that film? What were they thinking? You know? It's weird when you watch like, because like as we said, like it's weird that a Godzilla became huge and massive and like a huge. I think there's 31 Japanese films that like have Godzilla in them. Mm, that's um, without the franchise and that's like, without like Mothra and fucking whatever yeah, yeah like yeah. <laughs> um, how many films does God does King Kong have I wonder ah uh, nowhere near he doesn't have that yeah but I know that he does like he he's, has a few films he's not a Japanese one is he no no he, I think he's just straight up he is straight up American he's American King Kong he's is American. American he's an American hero yeah <laughs> G.I. King Kong mm. <laughs> yeah I, it's not a lot anyway yeah, because, like, another, I actually ordered the Criterion Collection, uh, like, box set of uh, King Kong, of Godzilla films. 17 God- Godzilla films are on my way. They're coming on Friday. <laughs> 17. <laughs> 17. What the fuck? From, like, 1954 to, like, I think it's 1975 is when the collection stops. 17 films in that, in that span of time is mad. That's a lot going on, yeah. Um, But, like, yeah, it is weird that, like, Godzilla became... I think it is because he became really su- successful in the West, so they just pumped out these films. But each one, allegedly, I haven't watched. I've only seen the original, uh, the original Japanese one, and then the the modern one, uh, like Japanese versions of Godzilla. Um, how like each one seemingly does talk about like, like nuclear destruction, like the effects that it has. Mm. Like one of the characters is like, I I can't let my country get bombed for a third time. When my gram when my grandmother survived the first two, mm. it's like I will not leave my country. I cannot let this happen. And there's like um, there's all this stuff where like, 
character's like, oh, if you if you do this, man, you can't run for fucking prime minister, or like you you won't be able to be like lead to go to you to like become president, and like ah yeah, but I I need I need to sacrifice that for the greater good. Surely, yeah, yeah. It is a very it's a weirdly hopeful positive film considering that this is a guy that did Neon Genesis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is somewhat bleak. <laughs> Would you nuke Ireland if Godzilla was on the sh- on the shore? Say he was on the cliffs of Moher. Oh, man, I just nuke Ireland as is. Just start again, bro. <laughs> as is. As is. Can start please, over. Can we please, yes. Let's let's just accelerate this whole World War Three thing. Let's just nuke Ireland, please. Yeah. Nuke Dublin at least. Yeah, just we yeah. can rebuild Dublin elsewhere. Dublin City, just Dublin City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like one of those tactical nukes that like yeah, yeah. like a small area. Yes, small radius. <laughs> because they're like, oh, we need to drop a thermonuclear bomb on this thing. It's like Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> gonna fuck this place up. Yeah, that's not good. That's a bad vibe. Bad vibes. But yeah, no, it's it's good. And like Godzilla again, he is actually he's actually scary in this one. There's nothing. Mm. It is like there's comedy at the start because it's like a comedy of errors of the of the bureaucracy trying to figure out what to do. What and the crack it, is, yeah. it does a really good job as well of like conveying um, just like how complicated something like ev- like the sense of evacuation would be. Because they're like, we need to get 3.6 million people out of Tokyo if they are going to drop the bomb. And we have two weeks to do that. Because mm, um, yeah. that's like, because after Godzilla's like blasted the area, he's like, he has to shut down, like recharge basically. So they're like scanning him. They're like, okay, at the rate that he's, uh, you know, charging, we have like two weeks. Um, so uh, like we got two weeks to, to get three 3.6 million people out. They're like, oh, we got to pass all these laws. We have to food shortages out in the fucking out in the countryside are gonna fucking plumb we need to do this we need to fucking make sure that uh the police and the army and stuff like that have all the the funds and means that they have to get these people out mm. um it's interesting like and like it looks like the bureaucracy of like how complicated something like that would be um even in terms of like if you just remove godzilla's like if it was a natural disaster mm. and you need to get all these people out like a big massive natural disaster and you need to get all these people out what would that look like? Yeah, yeah, because it's because uh, you don't really like it's, this is a 2016 film, yeah, mm. but you didn't really have that kind of thing. Yeah, then, you know, but yeah. now you kind of do. We have had two two big events really in the past, like what two three years, mm. where it was just kind of come out of nowhere and everyone's had to respond like yeah. very very quickly, and uh, it's like been kind of like the responses have been kind of like that in the film. Yeah, it's, like, it's all very there's like such a like a convoluted chain of command, and so like it's like farcical the way. Mm-hmm decisions are made you know i think i read um or saw one of those graphs where it's like a preparedness for a pandemic and it had like a it was like the usual thing where it's like all the uh, europe and like america are all green and then everywhere else is just red it's like they have no fucking hope and this mm-hmm. was like released in like 2015 or whatever but yeah. then like you get to an actual situation where everyone needs to be pulling in the same direction and things need to you know need to massive Unite. public project <laughs> yeah yeah like infrastructure all those things and uh, like obviously, you know, Europe and America just completely shot the bed. Yeah, you know, completely shot the bed for the, the first year at least for uh, the situation, which is completely out of nowhere. She didn't Trump literally get rid of like the pandemic committee or something like that like a year before COVID hit? Yeah, yeah, it probably like, didn't make a difference compared yeah. to like how looking at how Europe did. Yeah, you know, we fucked it as well. You know, yeah, we everywhere it. shot the bed. We made an absolute hames of it, but uh, it's a cool uh, thought experiment. It is. You didn't. 
you don't know what's going to happen. This kind of this kind of event. Yeah, what if what if a big dinosaur that was made of nuclear bombs just <laughs> fucking rose out of the yeah. sea? What do you do then? It's a good thought experiment, <laughs> yeah. you know. Like, what if an asteroid hit? What would we do? You yeah. Know? What the? Yeah. What the fuck? What, what would, you, would do? you do? What if a volcano went off? You mm. know, what if there's a tsunami? Super, a super volcano, like yeah. Like, what do you do? We so, we're just like we've no idea. Yeah, no idea. We have no idea. Yeah. We're at the whims of nature, like that's it. Mm. That's it. Yeah. Just freeze it. Just do what they did. This just freeze <laughs> it. We gotta freeze nature. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, meteorites come. What do we do? Freeze it. <laughs> <laughs> we have to freeze it. The ice age. <laughs> the ice age. Uh, I just listen to Arnie. Just let follow him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he is a politician, so we. Do. That's it. The second because when I was watching the movie, there's a bit where like he starts to bleed, and I just went. If it bleeds, we can kill it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, he has nuggets everywhere. He know? just has these little nuggets of wisdom everywhere. He should be president. He should. I'd, I'd follow him. He should be world president. Should, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, if, if aliens came down... Wait, if aliens came down, who would you choose the one person to communicate with them? Arnie. Yeah. <laughs> like, who else? What's not to like about him? He's got him? international <laughs> appeal. Yeah. You know, everyone knows who he is. He's so big. <laughs> he's so big, you know. He's some, some random country. No one knows where he's from, really. <laughs> Could be Austria, somewhere in Europe. <laughs> Either him or who else did we get? Um, Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. He's already played the role about t- twenty times, you know. So yeah, they just listened. Was like his voice. This, this weird <laughs> creature's voice is cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah who, uh, who would you get? Um, or who's the one person you would definitely not send? Not send. Well, Trump would be funny, but yeah, <laughs> Trump would be you, you wouldn't send him. You would not send him. He would be. He would. Uh, You'd be sending Send your, your worst people. <laughs> Boris Johnson, yeah, he'd make Just it. stumble over his words as he's talking to them. Yeah. And just immediately just laser him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just immediately fucking fried. Yeah, yeah. Vaporized. Yeah, I don't know. Who would you not send? There's a lot of people you wouldn't send. There's way more people that you wouldn't send than yeah. you Yeah, I wouldn't. Would you go? If you were chosen, you were chosen, you got an email, or an email, like, you got any communication. <laughs> my Gmail, it's like, oh, we need you. Yeah, it's one of those, like, Nigerian prince emails. <laughs> we need you to communicate to these aliens. <laughs> you are the first contact. Yeah, would you accept the offer? Would you say yes, so I can do this? I'm like, yeah, I can do this, don't worry. So come on, come and give them a high five. I'm like, what's up, bro? What's up? You just started intergalactic war. Crack open a beer, I'm like, here, have a <laughs> Poison them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I could do that. Don't, I don't think I could. <laughs> I feel like, you know, the I'm too confused. Remember Arrival, like, that whole, like, fucking yeah, Lance is just like, oh, fuck, fuck those aliens, man, interested. I'm not learning that. <laughs> I'm not learning that. I'm not speaking their fucking language. <laughs> they can go home. They can learn English. <laughs> if you're so smart, learn English. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, fucking hell. Yeah. Do you watch anything else? Yeah, I'd look at Lamb. Did Lamb come out last year or this year? I believe it came out this year for us, but it's a 2021 yeah. film, so it's, my, it's a very recent film. Like all those fucking films. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Every yeah. Every film. We're always delayed a bit. Yeah, this is a A24 film. Mm. So An A24 horror film as well. A24, A24 horror film, which is on movie, by the way, you know, if you didn't see the ads. Mm. I saw the ads, but I, I keep wasn't getting sure. ads for like... Mm. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it had been taken off, but it still is on it, and it's, it's uh, an hour and a half. That's a short yoke. Is it? I thought it was longer than that. Mm, it's it. That's the thing. It does not feel like an hour and a half. It feels like three-hour film. Ah, uh, fuck that. So that's the first problem. That's without getting into what the film's about. But like, um, yeah, directed by Vladimir Johansson, who is a guy, Icelandic guy. Some dude. Some some dude. It's co-written by Sjon, S J O N. He is like a collaborator with Bjork and stuff, and he's also co-writing the upcoming Robert Eggers. Uh, Icelandic folkloric epic, The Northman. So, 
kind of an interesting, uh, you know, riding mm. uh, partnership. And they also have a uh, Numi. What's her name? Na- is her name Naomi or Naomi or Na- Numi? You one from uh, Numi Rapace. Yeah, which is not how you pronounce her name. She's a Swedish actress. She was in Prometheus. She's in loads of those films. She's the main character. In this. She's in fucking loads. She's in everything. She's a great actress. She's a great actress. Very interesting looking as well. Yeah. But um, wild. Wait, yeah. was she? Uh, was she the girl in the dragon tattoo? No, she's, oh, she, she was. Is, yeah, she is mad. Like the Danish one, the original one. Yeah. Yeah, she's Swedish, but she's this whole film's in Icelandic. They must all just know how to speak their own language, like their different languages, you know. Ah, they're all the same. <laughs> <laughs> the oh, top, the top. I'll have a go at it. <laughs> that top review on Letterboxd is Ro- Rosemary's Baby. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, it's a, uh, it's about, it's a story. Of this this couple and they live out in a remote farm in Iceland, and this weird thing happens. A, a lamb is born because they're sheep farmers. A lamb is born, but it's not a lamb. It's not. It's not. It's not immediately apparent. But it's not a lamb. It is a hybrid. It's a chimera between a lamb and a human child. So it's half lamb, half man. Does she or her husband fuck a lamb, or fuck a lamb, fuck a sheep? That's the thing. That's the thing. It's not. The first chapter is very, very unclear what exactly is going on. <laughs> very unclear. So wait, chapters? Is this in like chapter one? There's like two? three chapters. Yeah. yeah. Why do films do that? <laughs> I'm not sure. It's novelistic. Yeah, it's very novelistic. But in, in this one, it doesn't really make sense. I'll kind of explain that later. But it, like, it o- opens with this uh, thing where it's like this guy. It's not a guy. It's POV camera, and he's in among the sheep. And it's like, <sighs> and he fucks the sheep. And then um, you don't know what it is, but it's clearly not a man. Yeah. You don't know what it is. And... Then the whole the rest of the chapter is basically dedicated to the drudgery of this couple's lives as sheep farmers in the middle of fucking nowhere in Iceland. Yeah, what do you do if you had this fucking half baby half lamb? What would you do to um, kill a fire? <laughs> oh, what? Yeah, what? They, what they, they do because they have a. The story is basically they are. Um, they had a child who died, mm. so it's about trauma. Uh. Trauma. It's about trauma. <laughs> trauma. Uh, <laughs> trauma. Yeah, it's a trauma film as well. It's a co-production. <laughs> But yeah, it's about trauma because they had a child who died and they're, they're suffering with grief um, and their day-to-day lives are so shit. It's just boring, you know? It's yeah. just they're, they're sheep farmers. They get up, they do certain things, they have their habits. It's the same and the thing. the arsehole nowhere, Iceland yeah, as well. every day. There's nothing to do. You know, they tend to their sheep. They go back inside. They make dinner. You know, they they go back to bed. It's like it's the same thing every fucking day. And then they have this miracle out of nowhere. It's kind of like Godzilla, like mm. this thing which they're not prepared for at all. But um, that's actually not the meaning of it in the film. But like, I thought that's yeah. the direction it was going to go in. But they have this this miraculous thing where uh, a lamb human hybrid is born uh, by one of their uh, their fucking their sheep. What does the lamb baby look like? So I want to look this up. Is it like it just it's just a lamb with um, but has a it has a hoof for a right hand and the rest of it is, is like human like is humanoid. Um, <clears throat> it's not very apparent at first that it that it is like a chimera. Um, they put this thing in a fucking sweater, do they? Yeah, yeah. That is a <laughs> yeah. Li- I was just on the image there. That looks so funny. It's, very, it's so cute. It could be a comedy. It could easily be a comedy. Just oh my god! It walks on two legs. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> they hold its hand and stuff. Oh my god, that's so fucking funny. <laughs> yeah. It looks like a weird muppet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's good CGI as well because it looks like a real lamb. And basically. It's slowly revealed over about 20 fucking minutes that this is actually, like, 
that this, this is a humanoid lamb crossbreed kind of thing and and instead of being horrified or reporting this to the authorities or like doing anything like that you know they're stuck in their own they're 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 isolated from everything they're isolated from you know civilization they're mm. isolated from society they're isolated from themselves you know they're 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 grief stricken they're clearly not in the right mindset and they decide to adopt this lamb as their own child and they name it after their de- their dead child Ada. Oh, that's so weird. <laughs> so it's very on the nose in that re- that respect. And um, so <clears throat> you have these w- this weird mixture of things. The first chapter you have this weird mixture where you have this kind of strange mysterious opening um and then you have um this weird it's not it's not weird it's just boring drudgery of their day-to-day lives kind of charting out how they live mm. for about half an hour. And then you have the lamb coming into it properly, yeah. which establishes this weird surrealism, mm-hmm. which is the horror aspect of it. This is listed as a, ho- a folk horror film, like on Google and like if you like if you put into Wikipedia, it's like a ho- folk horror film. Icelandic yeah, it looks like it, like it, it has the same vibe. Yeah, the trailer, the trailer, like yeah, yeah, the trailer is gives the vibe of a horror film. But then you get into chapter two, and it just goes back to like drudge realism, boring kind oh, of day to day stuff. So like it's like, but, but it has a lamb in it. Yeah. So it's I don't I'm not sure why they did that. It's just like other like there's no filling a hole of grief maybe or something. Yeah, that's know. the thing. It's just it's like it's in the uh, the. Um, I don't know. I feel like life would be pretty fucking interesting if I had a weird <laughs> lamb baby. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's in the school of uh, the Babadook. Yeah. Where it's just a social. It's a family drama with this weird element mm-hmm. involved, rather than a a folk horror film, which is a commentary on like family or yeah, anything like that. yeah, like yeah. It's, it's the inverse of that i thought it was the latter but it's actually the former and um yeah i don't know why it doesn't kind of double down on the surrealism aspect, aspect like the, the, the horrific aspect of it yeah, you know, yeah. fucking lamb baby walking around yeah. and you have this the the brother character um like the the husband's brother arrives and uh you think he's gonna like add some kind of context to it like you know uh, objective eyes on mm-hmm. this fucking weird his baby. nephew, <laughs> yeah. yeah, this weird baby that they've clearly become attached to, and uh, that he might be able to provide some kind of like uh, insight to them about like how insane this is, and that yeah. maybe they should report this or this isn't healthy and all that stuff. And he does those things, but then he just kind of like he just drifts, just drifts away. This movie sounds really fucking weird. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm not sure why he's like he's just there, and he doesn't seem to. He's just there for his plot purpose. You know, to kind of uh, to provide some kind of contrast. Yeah. But then he just disappears, and he has this weird relationship with the wife as well, where he's trying to get with her. Yeah. But that's, there's no reason for that to be in the film. I don't know why that's in the film. It's really weird because I because like when this film was coming out, there was like loads of hype up for it online and stuff like that. So, but then it came out, and I didn't hear a fucking thing about it. And every person I know that seems like, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> it's all right. That's it. It's all right. Um. Yeah, once again to chapter three, it's very mis- the ending is very very mysterious. It ends quite quickly as well because the 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 brother character leaves. Mm. Uh, he shipped off because he's a he's a nuisance, um, and they don't like how he treats the little lamb because the lamb is just uh, it, it, the lamb could just be a child. Like they don't treat it any differently from mm-hmm. a child. Like it's just it's just a stand. It's like a does it speak? Uh, no, but right. it, they can understand what it says. You yeah, know, that kind of thing, and right. they can understand English. Yeah, so but like the lamb is basically. Do they speak English in this film? Well, no, sorry. Oh, uh, right. Icelandic. <laughs> okay. Icelandic. It's all, it's all Icelandic. But the lamb is like a totem for their grief. It's like they they poured all their, their mourning hopes and dreams into this. Their hopes and dreams that they had placed into their their uh, real child, uh, they have now kind of transplanted, 
into the uh, into the lamb, mm. um, and it, it wraps up very very strangely where she's gone very briefly, and the dad brings the lamb for a walk, and he's confronted by this uh, creature from the opening scene, <laughs> and it actually is it's like a monster who is a half human half lamb, spoilers but like half human half lamb, hoodie. yeah, and um, the film basically wraps up there very suddenly. Um, but there's no fantastical horrific element to it. It's kind of just it's kind of just a morality tale about This film doesn't sound that good. <laughs> <laughs> it's not very good. Yeah. It's not very good. It is it's alright, like, but it's it's just I think I was disappointed by the um how it was marketed, really. Yeah. And kind of like I I thought it would go in a different direction, but it just doesn't, you know? Like it has these surreal elements, like the lamb baby and the monster. It's yeah. it's father. It's very, very unclear what the father, where it's come from, or whatever. But that's the thing that like, there's no point mm-hmm. to these monster characters. Yeah, it's just a, fa- it's just a family drama, and they're symbolic of grief and of uh, the like the the husband and wife. Their crime, their like sin or whatever, is trying to uh, kind of circumvent grief mm. of trying to uh, go back to the past. They have this. I think there's a conversation in the first in the first chapter, which is pretty key to the whole film, where they're just like. It's just kind of the whole like social realism thing where they just it's just showing them living their life and they're talking about random things like you know shopping and like you mm. know uh, how are you feeling on they 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 come up with this conversation we're talking about tr- time travel and uh, the wife talks about how she wants like it'd be cool to go back in time and stuff yeah and uh, it's not really elaborated on but like that's as you watch the rest of the film like that's the, the key kind of that's like the uh, telegraph. That's telegraphing the rest of the film, basically. They're, they're, it's they, such a weird film. <laughs> they want to go back in time to something that is obviously completely unattainable. They want to um, circumvent the whole grief process of mourning their lost daughter. Yeah. By just uh, replacing her. Pour, yeah, replacing her and pouring it into this uh, kind of fucking, you know, this replacement yeah. animal, this sheep, which is strange. That is strange. And it's not for. It's like you know you can. It could have been more horrific. It could have been cooler. I think. Yeah, that's, I just, like that's just my my main problem. It just could have been way cooler. Because at least like the Babadook was scary. <laughs> like yeah, when, I, when yeah. I first watched it, like I was like, yeah, this yeah. is a scary film. Yeah, mm. I feel like for this film to work, it needs to be scary or like yeah. be horrifying anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't understand why they didn't do that. Yeah, I wonder why A twenty four picked this film. Maybe this is a weird film. They're like, yeah. I'll take this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is a really A twenty four film, but. um I think I could have done better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what people. That's what everyone yeah. that, I've, that I've seen watch this film, seen watch this film, that I've heard talk about this film say the same thing. It's like, yeah, it's not really a horror film. Yeah, it's kind of just meandering. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of yeah, walking around in the middle of nowhere with a weird lamb, <laughs> with a weird little lamb, and he's very cute and it's very cool mm. and it's really creepy. But they don't. I don't know if they understand how creepy it is, but like that's obviously the gimmick. But but like, why are they drawing you in with something that isn't representative of the film at all? Mm. I don't know. Maybe it's a bit of like a uh, maybe, maybe a Icelandic I, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> maybe that's our fault. <laughs> but the whole grief thing is like so like uh, straightforward. I just thought they'd do something different. Yeah, yeah. I thought they'd do something better. There's so many horror films about grief. Yeah, yeah. Like There's it's, a lot. It's it's well trod area. You know. It yeah. Is, and so it's very, very slow as well. Very slow. What's your favorite horror film like about grief or about like you know family issues or whatever? Hereditary, bro. Hereditary, yeah, fair. I was gonna say specifically about 
Grief Midsummer as well. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's like a, you know, it's interesting. Yeah, like what was it saying? A lot of people have different ways of interpreting that film as well. Yeah, both films as well. You don't even need to be like, you can watch that film and not be like, oh, that was about grief, you know. Mm. This film is just like this. Oh yeah, they're just they tried to replace their child and they paid for it basically. Yeah, (laughs) you know. It's very straightforward, but you know it's it's still alright though. Yeah, still, I might give it a it's watch. All right. You know, I might. It is on movie. There's so many films that came onto movie recently. Like, ah, I'll watch that eventually. Drive my car went onto movie last week. Three hours though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because <clears throat> I was like, I'm never gonna go and see that film. And then movie, like, here it is. Though I was like, oh, you fucking bastard. <laughs> yeah. It's like I guess not three hours. Nah. <laughs> yeah, I've heard it's kind of overrated. I've heard it's yeah. I've heard it's good. But it's also like it's a three hour long film that's basically two people in the car having a conversation. Yeah. Nah, I'm okay. <laughs> nah, I'm not gonna watch it. It's for some people, it's not for me. <laughs> yeah. Even my monster movies instead. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, straightforward. Easy. Easy, simple. Simple. But also evocative. And challenging in some ways. In hmm, different like, ways. As yeah. I stroke my chin. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, stroking your chin at Godzilla films. <laughs> I can't wait to stroke my chin. I don't know why I did the jerk off motion. <laughs> stroke my chin. <laughs> to some Godzilla films. It's a euphemism, bro. <laughs> so is Godzilla. It's just a massive phallus that's going through. <laughs> just wanking off to Godzilla films. <laughs> They're hot, man. The suits are class. I got 17 in the mail. <laughs> How much Godzilla porn do you think that there actually is? Oh, man. You know, it's all I'd blurred. S- I'd say there is a disturbing <laughs> amount. We, You remember... Yeah, It's like cr- yeah, crush porn. Ever seen oh, that? fuck. Yeah, I've seen that. But I haven't Every- seen it, but like, I know it. <laughs> <laughs> I know it well. You know, it's definitely loads of Godzilla we, uh, content. We were, talking about, um, we were talking about Spy Kids last week uh, on Zoom. And uh, were you know the Pum people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I guarantee it. This is weird porn for that. And we just looked up, like, I looked up sexy thumb people, spy kids. Man. Man. Let's see. Live reaction right here, right? Live reaction. Oh, my God. (laughs) What the fuck is that? That's so, yeah. I don't know what I thought. The nails is the nipples is the fucking worst one. Yeah. I don't know what I expected, but... Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Leave it there. Should we go for a break? Let's go for a break. And we are back from the bake. Bake? We're back from the break. Oh, Freudian slip. Hey, yo. We're just baked. We're just too baked, man. My eyes, man, they're all red. Yeah. It's like they're on fire. Same. Uh, Whoa. Eyes of fire. Eyes of fire. Continue on the slight trend of today's episode of Folk Horror. Eyes of Fire, um, nineteen seventy. Whoops. When does this one go out? Eighty three. Oh, eighty three is it? Yeah. Fuck, got that well wrong. Um, yeah, we should put up the director's name as well. The director's name is Avery Kruse God, I'm butchering that pronunciation, but anyway. No wonder he never made it. Yeah, never. He's only made three films. Like <laughs> you should have changed his name. Eyes of Fire, along with such classics, such classics as The Invisible Kid and S- Cries of Silence. <laughs> sounds a bit, bit heavy. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. What do you think of Eyes of Fire? Uh. Honestly, I preferred it to Lamb. Yeah. I fair have enough. to say, I have to say, I preferred it to Lamb. You know, I actually like it was. It's a messy film, 
but I think I, I overall I really enjoyed it. I will say. Oh, the film is an absolute mess. <laughs> an absolute mess. It's a complete. It's a hodgepodge of everything. Yeah. But it's got really good, really good shit in it. Yeah, where it's good, it's really, really good. Um, and it's not even. There's no real bad parts. It's just. It's just really poorly paced. Mm. Very, very poorly structured and stuff. But yeah, like where it's good, <laughs> it's great effects and the themes and stuff and the setting and. Um, um, the folk horror aspects of the it. The folk horror aspects, yeah, they're done really, really well. It's kind of similar to The Witch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, the, the setting and the the theme. Mm, yeah. And the fact that they're like thrown out of their civilization. Like, oh, we're going to go off and find Eden. Yeah, yeah. They find yeah. Eden, they find hell, basically. Yeah, they're, they're pioneers. Pioneers expelled because the, there's a preacher having, you know. you know, Having orgies, basically. Having orgies <laughs> with, you know, people in the, in the community. And, um, yeah, they get expelled and they have to sort of fend for themselves. But obviously things are not what they seem. Mm, think, things think are, it's, a <laughs> it's a folk horror film. It's a folk Things are not what they seem. They run into the uh, Native American stuff. They get attacked. There's ambushes. There's drama there. It's kind of like The Last Mohican, which is the only other film I've seen where that kind of thing happens. Mm. Um, and that's the only similarity. But then they uh, run into this valley, which the Native yeah. Americans don't go near. They refuse to go into it. They're like, that's bad vibes in there <laughs> something bad's in that valley don't go near it there's bad soil in there and they find out that they are they're not wrong yeah, there's a witch a witch devil yeah there's something weird going on mm. there's something weird it also has loads of Irish characters yeah I, which I was very surprised very yeah. pleasantly surprised to see and the, the actions aren't that bad they're not they're, they're actually not, surprisingly decent they're not that bad because it's not like oh we're Irish we're yeah. from oh I miss the old country it's like they're just kind of... It's not... Yeah, they're Irish, but like... It it's, only, not, it's not mentioned once. I think it was half of the film. I was like, wait, hold on a second. These characters are Irish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. one of them says... Like, she describes uh, one of the characters, Anne, Anna, as an Irish fairy. I was like... And then when she said fairy, I was like... She's like, she's an Irish fairy. I was like, oh, you're Irish as well. Okay, right, never mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, yeah. I didn't cop for ages uh, that they were all Irish. Yeah. <clears throat> kind of the main witch. Or... Uh, yeah, Leah or Le- Leia. Leia, yeah, Leia, yeah, yeah, not yeah. Anna, yeah, Leia. Yeah. She's a, uh, yeah, she's like a witch so or a fairy or something like full that. Full on witch. She's she's fairy. she's using uh, magical powers to kind of defend the pioneers from uh, attacks and stuff. So she's in touch with the land, but uh, she's coming across something that's like a a match for her powers. Yeah, in, in the in the valley. She was kind of my problem with the film. <laughs> yeah, she is <laughs> stupid. Because yeah. like I I loved it was like basically the film starts. Family are dog and fucking they're about to be at uh, like birth the stake and like hung and stuff like that for like you know the preachers having sex with like uh, multiple different women in the commune basically and then they rock up and they save the, some people save the preacher and they're like oh we gotta go and so they they nick a boat and they go down the river and then they're trudging through the forest but basically they're all fucking idiots and have no idea where they're going and don't know what they're doing and then the husband of one of the wi- one of the women. The preacher was fucking catches up with them because his whole family's gone off with them. And he's just like, ah, I mean, I'm here for my family. I don't really care about you, you stupid bitch. You started <laughs> fucking this dweeb preacher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, what's his name? Marion Dalton. Yes. Yeah, he's like a real, he's like a uh, Red Dead Redemption protagonist kind of thing. He's the rugged. Uh, Will Smith is the preacher. Will Smith. Will Smith. <laughs> what? With a Y. <laughs> Will Smith, yeah. They could do a remake, yeah. They could. It's Chris Rock. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Rock is Marion Dalton. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, he's a... Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, he comes in. He's, man. he's like, ah, these. I hate these people. You know. Yeah. He's not. He's not too happy. But he's like, he's also somewhat in touch with nature because he's like, mm. he spent time with the Native Americans. He's like, nah, the Native Americans are cool, man. You gotta chill out. And the preacher's like, ah, oh, these are inferior people that can be, you know, we yeah. can we can better them. We can civilize them. He's English. So. Teach them into becoming like part of God or whatever. Yeah. We can uh, spread Christianity in this in this rough and terrible land, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so they go off and they get attacked by the Native Americans and then they. <laughs> Float into the valley because he's like ah, it's kind of like a, it's almost like a siege situation where they're like if we leave we'll get attacked, so we'll just stay here and this is perfect because no one will bother us here, but then nature starts to attack instead. Yeah, 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 and then everything kicks off. But like, it's a weird film because things don't really because they kick off and then they're like mm, nah we're gonna go back to yeah like complete kind of uh, stasis mm. and then we're gonna kick off again and then we're gonna go back to being like you know talking about stuff and there's fucking fairies and uh, there's like a demon demon there's witch a, there's thing a, there's a demon witch there's an orphan an orphan shows up uh, at their camp a Native American orphan and uh, who's it brings in Le- Leah brings she she the witch character I don't know it, it, the, the, know, the child is found on the on the, on yeah, the ground basically well, the, uh, it's, the, it's the preacher who's like in favour there's only yeah. one character in favour of actually bringing it in because everyone else is like this is fucked up yeah because he's like there's oh, something th- weird here this is a gift from the Native Americans they've gave us a, an orphan and we can she can become we the can perfect. mold it yeah. yeah we can mold her we can make her a Christian she can spread it to the other Native Americans um, it's just a film about colonialism basically <laughs> yeah 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 but it's very very confused very confused. yeah it's weird because like even talking about different characters like your man Marion just kind of falls out, falls out mm-hmm. he just kind of like falls off like yeah. he's, he's just disappears even yeah. though he's he's, he's not in the start of the film and then he's briefly the main character almost and then he just disappears kind of yeah and then it's, Leah becomes the main character and then yeah. she kind of just fucked but, off as well and she doesn't start as the main character yeah you know it's a weirdly paced film like very strangely because like, even the, the narration there's like four or five different people narrating the film yeah at different points yeah because it starts at the it's, the film starts at the end of the story and then characters are narrating to these French uh, Yo, settlers yeah, yeah, yeah. about like oh this is what happened and they're like no 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 don't believe it <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no 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 bullshit <laughs> yeah um, I did like the like I did actually find it the imagery in the film like some of the imagery horrifying like when when Marion stumbles across his like his daughter goes missing at one stage and the Marion is off in the woods trying to find her and then he comes across these like ghosts basically like around her but like they don't look at him when they when he first stumbles across and then he steps out and then they all just uniformly just glance up at him and like when that happened it was like oh no (laughs) some of the imagery and like when they're chasing after them like there's they're basically just like naked people just chasing them it reminded me of like um kill list you know at the end where they start getting chased by the cult yeah, yeah and just yeah. that primal just like oh fucking leg it just <laughs> run away like, yeah all the um yeah you have like the weird witch who's like kind of uh kind of looks like the homeless person out of Mulholland drive yes yes it does you know yeah but like with more leaves it's just kind of a like an avatar for for the for nature and stuff but then yeah they have the um it's like naked people covered in mud, and it's not. It's never explained what exactly they are, or why they're there. They're the French people that were there before. The naked people covered in mud. Yeah, that, like that, like disappear and stuff. Yeah, I thought they're ghosts. They're the ghosts of the French oh. people that, that were there before. Oh, because right. they stumble across like um, 
that's one of the things that one of the characters says is like when they come into the valley they find like a shack but it's wrecked and they find like they find like a tablet basically like a stone tablet yeah that's yeah. been broken into multiple pieces but we only find Marion finding the last piece of the tablet in a river somehow. I don't know how the fuck he finds it. And they piece it together and then someone reads and it's like, oh, there used to be people here. But something bad really happened to them. They're like, oh, we're getting surrounded. And the preacher's like, ah, people died here, whatever. People die all the time. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. fine. We're going to stay here. Yeah, the preacher's um, a real clown. So that's what the, the naked people are. The, the French people that say they were there before and they got fucking consumed. I know they're stuck in purgatory or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it is a weird film. I liked the, the faces in the trees. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was cool because like, mm. that's literally like people getting consumed by nature. Mm. I thought that was cool, but then the the way that you free the people is by cutting down the trees. Some of it's just really weird. Some of it feels like like half it feels like this weird psychedelic folk horror film, and it's really eerie. And there are there's imagery that's really really like strange and really scary, and the setting and stuff like the kind of like this idea of these pioneers. You know, trying to find Jerusalem, whatever, like like the witch, or finding like this bar, this or was it the um, the clean slate or whatever? Yeah, trying to build something new on a clean slate, but obviously there's something there. Yeah, obviously, the land is pre-owned. Yeah, there's land there. There's something else there, and uh, they're coming into con- conflict with that. But then there's a whole different part of the film which is running kind of concurrently, which feels like a. Uh, it's like in in first class when the teacher would throw on like a, a VHS tape, and it's like some magical kind of like. A, you know, garden, yeah, fairy, magical kind of thing, and uh, it just it just feels re- like the uh, the tone does not match at all, and, no. obviously, and obviously the pacing is all fucked up as well. But um, but it, the, yeah, but like the the conflict between like say the Leah character and the witch, uh, it does it just feels completely? It's not a horror thing at all. Yeah. I don't feel like I even like I don't like the fact that Leah is full on like she has magical powers. Yeah, like yeah. at the start of the film when the preacher's about to get hung. She like dashes her eyes at the fucking at the at the rope and the rope snaps like f- with fire. Yeah, yeah. It's just fucking and I don't know. And everyone's like, like, yeah, we assumed that was gonna happen. Yeah, just like <laughs> oh, they always said that he was lucky. But was like he wasn't lucky. She straight up has magic. <laughs> <laughs> she's a witch. Like she's straight up fucking magic. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I. She was. A t- she is a terrible character. Yeah, it's such a fucking weird film. And, and like, what happens at the end? She she get. She basically becomes master, or she becomes like a. She becomes the master of the valley, basically. Okay, yeah. By eating, but taking off her clothes and uh, eating what? The eating the witch, basically. Eating the witch. Yeah, and if she's like a Irish fairy in the valley. Yeah, and then like the people that are captured by the French people, one of the French soldiers becomes possessed by her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like There's, it's such a. I think listening. Listening to us explain this is it like... It sounds re- way worse. Yeah, it sounds a lot worse than it actually is. It's like... But it is like that core... That core idea of like these settlers taking... Getting into a land that is sacred to Native Americans. Like you don't... Or cursed. Or cursed. And it's like, don't fucking go near this place. It's somewhere that you should leave alone. Uh, and they're just like, nah, no, nah, we're fucking modern civilized people. We don't believe in fucking witches and ghosts and whatever even though one of them is a fucking preacher and it's like I believe the big ghost in the sky and they have a witch and they literally <laughs> have a witch with them um, that whole bit of it and the whole thing of nature trying to take them take over yeah. but then it stops being nature and it starts being a literal witch that's like in the forest 
that's attacking them and the orphan and all this stuff like the orphan's in on it that's the thing the orphan was yeah. like a trojan horse yeah sent by the forest not the native americans mm-hmm. or the witch or whatever but i think the witch is just an avatar for the forest yeah like a personification of it and uh there's obviously something deeply wrong there you know and it's trying to it's fighting back against the pioneers but then they win at the end just kind of yeah they win it's not really in step with the whole and like folk horror thing like leah uh, that's the thing like it kind of it goes it's like a perfect folk horror setting and then goes it stops becoming a folk horror film it becomes yeah. different it becomes like a like an adventure film almost yeah, or something yeah, i don't know yeah, yeah, yeah. um yeah like that i don't know why if you just took leah out of the film you have like a perfect like folk horror film definitely yeah like the effects are cool it's yeah the effects are class there's so many like uh there's so many positives to the film it's not amazing but at the same time it did not deserve to fall off the way it did because this is like this film was basically impossible to find until a few years ago it was only on vhs you could only buy it you could only import it from brazil and uh, (laughs) mexico or something like that (laughs) Um, Whoops! <laughs> but like, like this, like the guy, the director doesn't have a Wikipedia page. Like he has, yeah. like, he has like an IMDb with like three credits, and like that's it. Yeah, like just fell off. No one watched this film, and no one has watched this film really. Yeah, it's not even it's a it's not even a cult film. It's it's like a step below. It's a category below that. You know. Yeah, it's a film that will. It's starting to become yeah. a folk horror, like not folk horror, a cult horror film yeah. or a cult film even. But like. It's such a mixed bag of a film that, like, half of it I do really love. That the other half is just like weirdly disappointing. Yeah, but I, I would take that any day over um, something like Lamb, you know. Yeah, something that's honestly, kind of born something that's like perfectly fine and very, very consistent, very solid film. But like, um, doesn't have just do, like I, I, the like the forest sequences, the whole idea of, of the pioneers in the forest, uh, where they don't belong. It's just um, a good premise, mm. and just, like the the way they use it, the way they work with it, the way the way they kind of like incorporate the themes and stuff, and like the the folk horror aspects. Even though it's not, it's just like a proto folk horror. Film. Yeah, the, the the fact that there that proto is there, that, that there's something some kind of base there, which is very interesting. Is a uh, you know you can you can forgive the many many flaws. Yeah, you know, oh, I I can anyway. Yeah, no, I I think I I I agree. The pace, like I do think the Leah, Leah, the character, and the pacing are the two things that are completely holding the film back mm. from being something oh, the like, pa- really good. This film needs an editor. Yeah, like, even if someone did it, even if the guy who made it did like a new cut, because there has to be like this. There's no way this is a. Uh, I feel like this can't have been professionally done or something yeah. like that, or maybe. But it it's still like really well shot, and it's oh, still, like yeah. the effects and stuff like that. I just mean the editing. Yeah, yeah. It's the actual story yeah the pacing of the story is so weird because like i like and the way the time progresses is really weird because it feels like they haven't been there for like that long but they're meant to be there for like months yeah it skips there's a time skip at one point where they're just like yeah there's like a, there's like a voiceover and they're like yeah we're there for quite a while and then it uh, it cuts to them in like a hovel and they're all covered in dirt yeah and they've uh, built like a fort yeah well like massive stakes in the ground it's very weird with like ladders and stuff and they're able to like yeah it feels like there's yeah. either bits missing or they just made that wrong or something like that yeah it's such a fucking weird film <laughs> yeah. i feel like if it was it could have it literally could have been 
a folk horror classic. Like the basis of it is nearly like it could have been part of that like holy trinity of folk horror mm. if it was slightly different. <laughs> yeah, there's like a blood on Satan's claw in there somewhere. A blood on Satan's claw in like colonial America mm. in there somewhere. Yeah, definitely. If you just remove the fucking stupid stuff like Leah and. Um, well, mainly Leah. Yeah, mainly Leah. Yeah. <laughs> she's the Talia of this film. There. Yeah, yeah, she's the Talia. <laughs> yeah, I'd say, yeah. Because, like, even, like, when, and then, like, when it, because, like, Marion and they all, they all fucked, he's like, we're leaving, because they're after getting, like, bombarded, basically. And it's, like, undeniable that, like, there are ghosts and shit, like, it's fully revealed to everyone, like, we need to leave. And then they start to leave, and the preacher stays, with people still like people still decide to stay and Marion fucks off with with the kids and then he gets captured by the by the witch and they come the kids make their way back or something I can't remember it's like it's so like all over the place <laughs> yeah yeah it is it, it gets to the point where you can't look away not because you don't want to look away because you'll miss like a huge plot point <laughs> <laughs> which I did at several several points man I looked at my film. phone on one stage and I looked up and I was like oh Marion's dead what and he's not dead <laughs> yeah he's the main character of like an hour yeah, yeah, and he's, just, yeah he's gone yeah fucking and weird he's back, film and he's gone what a fucking strange film it could have been, been great it, an interesting one though that, like, stuff like this the, the hidden gems yeah I'm glad know? I watched it yeah yeah absolutely you know but yeah it could have been something better could have been better oh, well. maybe maybe Morbius could have been better <laughs> Yeah, Morbius. Morbius. Morbius sweep. Hashtag Morbius sweep. The Morbius verse is coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Into the Morbius verse. Scorsese's given it the seal of approval. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's a reversal now where where uh, Marvel are actually begging to join the Sony Morbius verse <laughs> rather than the other way around. <laughs> wow, the cultural reaction to this film has been fucking wild. Hilarious. Hilarious. Are you going to see this film at any point in your life? Um. Well, maybe if it comes out on like Netflix within the next. Too, because I will lose uh, like uh, this interest yeah. very very quickly. Maybe if it comes out next week, maybe I'll watch it on Netflix. I'm like, like <laughs> well, I'm, that's not gonna happen. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not going to the cinema, but I'm, I want to see what this film is like. I feel like it's just a really generic mid two thousands slash nineties vampire film. Yeah, you know, with Jared Leto, <laughs> with Jared Leto in it, like Matt Smith is in it as well. Apparently, he's the best thing about it. Yeah, I really like Matt Smith though. No, do I? He yeah. looks he looks kind of weird. Yeah, he's like, because, like, uh, like, when I watched, I used to watch the Doctor Who when I was younger, and David Tennant was my Doctor Who. Mm. And then when I stopped watching Doctor Who, I got Matt Smith, I was like, why did they get, like, a weirder version of Matt Smith, <laughs> or a weirder version of David Tennant to become fucking Doctor Who? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, I don't, I just don't, I don't, I don't vibe I don't with get him. it. I don't vibe with him. What else is he in? Besides Doctor Who, he's in, I feel like he's in, like, um... Fantastic Beasts or something. Yeah, it probably is. Should they're all in that, you know? Yeah, every English person has to be in like yeah. some form of uh, Harry Potter. Let me check that up. What the fuck is Matt Smith actually in? Matt Smith. I just find it so fucking... Like, the cultural reaction to this film is so fucking funny. He's in Last Night in Soho. He's actually not even in Fantastic Beasts. Terminator Genesis. He's literally just in Doctor Who, more or less. <laughs> yeah... Something, he creeps me out. He's honest. in Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Yeah, you know, some fucking career. <laughs> yeah, he bombed. And he's in Last Night in Soho and his house, which I want to see his house. Um, yeah, I mean, everyone kind of knew that this Morbius was going to be fucking bad, but 
I'm I think it's hilarious that it's the worst Marvel film. But it's not even a Marvel film, that's the thing. Yeah, it's it's try it's trying to be in the club, but it's like it got turned away at the door. Yeah, it's just bouncing like, not tonight, pal. It's just like it's like out in the smoking area. Yeah, I'm with them, but you can't get inside. You know? Yeah, he's like <laughs> trying to get in with a fucking like Spider Man and stuff. Like, yeah, I'm with, I'm with them. Yeah. Like Michael Morbius. I'm Doctor Michael Morbius. <laughs> it's like it's, that's clearly not. Don't you be know a good who I am? <laughs> yeah. Like um, apparently, like, the the post credits say, uh, scene is offensively bad. What is it? It's um. What does it involve? Um, Vulture, like Michael Keaton, Vulture. Michael Keaton's in in the post credit. He's in the he's only in the post credit scene. Oh he's in the God. trailer, and the the bit in the trailer doesn't happen in the film. And <laughs> uh, he's in a post credit scene where he just rocks up to Morbius and he's like, "How about we just go kill Spider Man?" And Morbius like, "Yeah, sure," but like in the Morbius universe, Spider Man doesn't exist, or at least Morbius doesn't know who Spider Man is. So why would is he want it? to just go kill Spider Man? Yeah, but isn't there like there's references to all three, like, Spider-Man in the film. Apparently, that's not actually in the film. That's only in the trailer. Is it? <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? Like, everything, everything they, they, the trailer and all the marketing towards it made you think. Even the fact that they like, they were like, a new Marvel legend like yeah, is unleashed. Yeah. It's got absolutely nothing to do with the MCU, as far as I'm aware. It's got fuck all to do with the MCU. I, I, I Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, the initial project was... Yeah, like this can be kind of like MCU adjacent the same way mm. Spider-Man films are. But Venom. Then, it could be like a Venom. Yeah, like a Venom. But then like fucking Kevin Feige or whatever saw the film. He was like, take all that shit yeah, out. Yeah, it's like, this like, is, get the yeah. fuck away from this. <laughs> yeah, yeah we are cutting you off. Like, this is dead weight. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. Yeah, especially because like, I feel like MCU films, like Black Widow and Eternals and... There was another Marvel film that came out that people didn't like. They spe- they're on like a bit of a run at the moment mm. that people aren't enjoying them. Having said that, they also had No Way Home that people fucking adored. Yeah, it was huge. Yeah, and I have a feeling that um, Multiverse of Madness is that what that one's called? The yeah, new Doctor Strange. That, that'll be big. Yeah. People will love that as well. Yeah, so but they have very tight control over everything they do. Yeah, I feel like Morbius just like. Like it's it the is bastard child, like yeah, yeah, yeah. It, like it's totally controlled in it by different people in a completely different way. Um, to the extent that it's just a bad, it's like a bad movie. It's been like savaged, savaged. It's been fucking hated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the critics hate it. Everyone hates it. What's it like? What's the audience rating for on Rotten Tomatoes? I think it's like seventy percent. But like every film when it first opens is like seventy, eighty mm. percent, unless it's like offensively bad. <laughs> yeah, I think. Anyway, I've heard people say that this film is offensively bad, though. Or is it just I'm mad ca- generic? I maybe don't know. I'm, yeah, I'm kind of interested. I w- I want to know why it's so bad. Yeah, because I've heard if, all I've heard is it's really bad. Could we get like a, like a rip? Oh, I'm sure this is online. Yeah. I'm sure it's like we can part this film. Yeah, I might do that maybe if if it's easy to get. Yeah, just to see what it's like. How long is it actually? It's two hours probably. <laughs> I'm gonna say yeah, it has to be like two hours. All fucking superhero films are like two hours long. That's true. But I actually have a feeling this is actually... Is this less? The Morbius verse. If it's an hour and 45 minutes, that is beautiful. There's no way it's 90 minutes. Uh, it's 100 minutes. Oh, an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah. Doable. Not bad. Doable. That's not bad. Yeah. I wonder how much of that was cut. Um, yeah, the a living vampire. There's a lot of emphasis on that. I'm not sure why. 
Because surely all vampires are living. Yeah, isn't that the point? Uh, is he a villain? Uh, I think he's an anti-hero. Anti-hero, okay. I don't know, because like, the way that it, the trailers made look like it's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Mm. But he... Like, who's the who's his enemy in it? Like, who uh, does he fight? Or is it just... He, fight, he fights Matt Smith. He's like a... He's a... Um, a uh, guy who uh, uses Morbius's uh, antidote or his chemicals or whatever for evil in some kind of way. But is Morbius not evil to begin with? I, I thought that as well, but I'm not sure. Yeah, because isn't the whole thing that he doesn't have any control over Morbius or like the the vampire? This film just sounds <laughs> mad confusing. Like, what the fuck is this film about? <laughs> <laughs> this film is... Too- I don't like Morbius because it's too confusing. Mm. <laughs> it sounds... Yeah. The moment I think about it, I'm like, what the fuck even... Because... I haven't actually heard what the film is actually about. Like. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, apparently it is coming out on Netflix in um, within the next year. So Gas. So that like, is hilarious. So that's not going to... That's a bit pointless. Release it now. Yeah. It's Drop good. it now. Drop Morbius now. Um, yeah, it, it also was released in Russia because of the invasion. So Wild. <laughs> Take that, Russia. <laughs> <laughs> see Russia snapping sanctions are hitting them hard Mor- seen, Morbius has been pulled have you seen all the stuff about Will Smith getting like repercussions for the slapping on the industry not they're really like no. oh we're gonna hold off from releasing um, oh yeah, yeah. Bride ba- 2 Bad Boys 4 4 yeah yeah or 3 or 4 or something 4 yeah, four, yeah. but it's like okay right the slap was bad obviously <laughs> right physical violence whatever the industry has a known problem with pedos and abusers. Like, Ansel Elgort's in a TV... Like, Netflix were like, oh, we're not going to release, like, these specials or whatever that... Or, like, whatever film that uh, Will Smith's in. We're not releasing it because of all this controversy with Will Smith. It's like, but you're releasing a show with Ansel Elgort, who's the star, like, next week or something. Yeah, and they have all Weinstein's films, Polanski's films, yeah. stuff like that. They don't give a rats. It's just because he did it in front of everyone. Yeah. He did it in, like, the most public way possible, which is his big mistake. Yeah. So, like, he's just... Yeah, he like, he knows how it works. It's, it's his own fault, you know? And uh, it was going to happen. But, yeah, it is so hypocritical. Yeah, it's so hypocritical. But, like, to be fair, all the films that are being pulled, they sound fucking shit. Bad Boys 4, come on. Bright, Bright 2. No one, no one liked Bright 1. Yeah, Bright 1 is pretty toxic. <laughs> Why is there Bright 2? Yeah. You know, pull them all. I think there's another one as well. There's like a Karate Kid. There's a Karate Kid too, which he because he has his own production company now because he's the big wig. Mm. I'm pretty sure that's why he was getting the Oscar because he just pulled a few strings and stuff. Yeah, because like the guy is not a good actor. We've already talked about that. Yeah, but like, um, yeah, he's got it's all the films that um he's working through working on through his production company have like fallen into a bit of trouble. Weird. Or have been pushed back from the slate because they're all co-productions and stuff, obviously. So, it's a bit a uh, bit of an overreaction, but what can you do? It's I find it they very sh- irritating. <laughs> they should just strip him of the Oscar and be done with it. Forget forget yeah. it ever happened. Yeah, it's like okay, we're not giving, taking back the Oscar. Yeah, like he, he he like it's the most what he did was the most symbolic offense ever. Mm. Like it was bad, but it, it was mainly the fact that it happened on TV. Yeah, so, at the Oscars there. So they retaliate by doing the most symbolic retaliation ever. Strip him of the Oscar. Mm. Everyone's happy. Then just forget it all happened. Yeah, just forget it. You know, because like it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> forget See, about Judge, it. Judd Apatow is just like he could have killed him. 
Who? Judd Apatow was like, Will Smith could have killed Chris Rock doing that. It's like, he oh, yeah. slapped him. Were you... He could have fallen oh. over, hit his head, died. Apparently, stand-up comedians are absolutely fucking outraged with it. Oh, they are, yeah. Because, yeah. like, you're, all, you're after opening the floodgates. They could be attacked at any moment. They mm. live in fear for their lives now. Yeah. Stand-up comedians. See Dave Chappelle making another transphobic joke. <laughs> <laughs> Slap the shit out of him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. Fucking, yeah. fucking Hollywood, man. Fucking They're all Hollywood. scum. All scum. Yeah. Fuck Hollywood. Except for Bruce Willis. Except for Bruce Willis. <laughs> Damn. That's some transition, man. <laughs> Except for Bruce Willis. Fucking hell. Yeah, Bruce Willis. To yeah. retire from acting. That's so sad. Yeah. That's a real downer. It is a downer. Because, like, I don't want to... I only put this on the docket because it's one that, you know... Talk about how good Bruce Willis was. You know, he did, like... Is. Is, yeah. He's still alive. He's still alive, <laughs> but, like, you know, is how good his films were. Yeah, he's retired now. Because he's been making... Because, like, for the past, like, five years or something, he was pumping out... Dog shit films. Dog shit films. <laughs> like, utter dog shit films. But apparently... Because my thought was, like, afterwards, when I heard this, like... Oh, so that's why he was doing all these bad films because he was just trying to make as much cash as possible for before he retired. But apparently, like he only just recently got, he only recently got diagnosed with it. Oh, but then there's, yeah. but then there's also stuff like coworkers knew for years that he had something. Yeah, he, well, he probably would kind of know, wouldn't you? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he was not old. He's not that old. He's in like sixty-seven or something, isn't he? Is he? He's not that old. Oh, he is, yeah. On the last 67. Oh, oh, how did you know I that? think I read a headline earlier today. Of it. 67. Yeah, well, he was... He did do um, that Die Hard sequel. What was that? The the last day to Die Hard? Or, like, what was it? A Good Day to Die Hard. A Good Day to Die Hard. That was honestly one of... Maybe... No, top five worst films I ever saw in cinemas. <laughs> honestly, it was so bad. It was one of the worst... Ac- it's the worst action film by far I've ever seen in cinemas. He, like, I'm pretty sure from that point, he just did a string of terrible films mm. but like the, he was coming out with like two three films a year or something like that like he was he was busy yeah. busy making real bad films but I'm assuming I am assuming that from what the rumors and stuff are that he was just trying to make as much cash as possible mm. yeah well yeah Good Day to Die Hard was 10 years ago now so really Jesus so I think he was just kind of cashing out mm. but uh, yeah apparently he offered up uh, back in 2003, he offered up $1 million for anyone who could catch Osama Bin Laden. <laughs> Publicly offered up a $1 million reward. <laughs> That's so weird. Jeez, it's, like, it's like, man, the CIA is already on that. You don't need to do this. Bush era America's <laughs> fucking wild. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bruce Willis coming out against Osama Bin Laden. Fucking hell. Like, but what a legacy he had. Like, like, the original Die Hard. Like, Die Hard 2. I haven't seen Die Hard 2, but Die Hard 3. Mm. Very good as well. Yeah. Moonrise Kingdom. I'm pretty sure he was in a few Wes Anderson films. Um, Six Sense. Six Sense. Yeah, that is a that is a very unbreakable. Good unbreakable. That's a class film as well. Yeah. I have to say one that's kind of uh, slept on, also widely criticized and kind of disliked. Uh, Mercury Rising. I've never heard of that film. Man, you should watch it. It's a great action film. It's uh it's about Bruce Willis, <clears throat> and he's working with a uh, kid who is like a a savant. Mm. So he's like a uh, super intelligent, great at cracking codes, and it's something to do with a conspiracy. And uh, people are trying to kill the kid, and he's looking after the kid. And uh, it's very paint by numbers kind of action film, but it's just it just hits all the right spots. Yeah, I just watched a good it, film. I watched it like ten times probably. <laughs> it was on TV recently as well. I, 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 I saw a bit of it, 
It's actually pretty good. The the tagline on Letterbox is someone knows too much. <laughs> Renegade FBI agent Art Jeffries <laughs> protects Art a nine year old autistic boy who's cracked the government's new unbreakable code. That sounds class. It is. It is. It actually is. Mercury Rising is so good. Ninety eight. I was forgetting he's in Pulp Fiction as well. Yeah, yeah. Another <laughs> another great one. He's really good in Pulp Fiction as well. Mm. The Fifth Element. Did you ever see The Fifth Element? I have not. I, I find oh, time to. Man. Lee Evans is in that film as well. Like, Lee Evans, man. Yeah. Lee Evans, he's class. I love Lee Evans. God, yeah. Fifth, I used to. Man, Fifth Element. I think I've seen that film like ten times as well. We used to have that on DVD. I used to watch it so many times. Really? Yeah, yeah. Me and Lee, yeah, Jokovic is in that film as well. And mm. bleeding um, Gary Oldman as well. Yeah. Ian yeah. Holm. Jeez, I didn't even know. Chris Tucker. Ah, oh, fuck yeah. I remember Chris Tucker being in that film. Oops. Luke Besson. Who the fuck is this? Oh. He did Lucy, yeah. He did Lucy and he did Leon. He's a pedo. He's a, he's a pedo, yeah. <laughs> Aren't they sake. all? Aren't they all? You know, you can't swing a cat in Hollywood without hitting a pedo. Jesus. He was also in Sin City. And. Is he in Sin City? And Over the Hedge. Remember Over he's the Hedge? He's very good in Over the Hedge. <laughs> yeah. Wait, is he the turtle in Over the Hedge? Or no, I or is he RJ? I think he's. He's the raccoon, mean, isn't he? Is he RJ? Is he the raccoon? He has to be. Yeah, he's RJ the raccoon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who Gar- plays the... G- um, Gary Shandling. You know Gary Shandling? E- oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The guy with the big lips. <laughs> I knew I could, I could think of the fucking... I could hear the voice. I couldn't think of the face. Yeah, Death Becomes Her. I haven't seen Death Becomes Her, but apparently that's very good. Yeah, he's in a bunch of Tarantino films, actually, like, as just, like, minor roles. Looper as well. Looper's very good. Oh, yeah, man, Looper is kind of slept on, considering mm. how big it was at yeah. the time. It's kind of, like, forgotten, kind of, but it's... Mm, but it's, it's a great film, though. Yeah, it's very good. Um, He's in the Oceans films as well, apparently. Twelve Monkeys, which we never got around to watching. Yeah, we should watch that. You know, we should watch that for next week, maybe. Let's do it. Does that make... Yeah, sure. I don't think it fits with the tone, but fuck it. <laughs> Bruce Willis. <laughs> Well, and he's in Friends as well. Man, he was in Rugrats Go Wild. He was the dog. I do not remember that. <laughs> he's Rugrats Spike. Go Wild. Yeah. What the fuck? What film is that? Oh, wait. I'm trying to find that here. Rugrats, it's one with the, the wild hornberries. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because she can talk to animals, can't she? Yeah. Yeah. They got Bruce Willis for that. <laughs> yeah, That's fucking wild. That's great. That's a great film. I will stand by that. Tim Curry is Nigel Thornberry. I never copped that. Is he? Yeah. In the in the series. In the well, in Rugrats in Gone Wild. But I think he is. Yeah. Very sad. Very sad. <coughs> he had a good run. He did. He left a good a big legacy. How many? Fi- he's in a hundred and four films. Sorry, I'm looking at Tim Curry's list. He's in a hundred forty-seven <laughs> films. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tim Curry's also cute. Yeah. Yeah, Tim Curry as well. Fuck's sake. Yeah. So many need them. Well, time, man. Time, man. It's fucked up. Sure fucked look. up. How about the future, Mark? What about the future of cinema? Which is one of our questions. Our listener questions. If you want to ask us a question, you can hit us up on Instagram or on Twitter at Paro underscore pod. That's it, yeah. Or you can hit us up by email theparopod at gmail.com. Calm. Do you want to read out Connor's question there? If we're currently in the age of superheroes, sequels, and reboots, what era comes next? 
Um, I don't know because I was trying to think in terms of like what came after the Western, because we're in that Western, you know, buzz at the moment, like with superheroes. And it was just then I was like, also oh, it was just blockbusters again. Like that was the big boom mm. after the Western was the blockbuster. It's kind of hard to predict. Or kind of hard to think of what it could be. What comes next? War films. Yeah. It's going to be war films. War films or social media films or something. It's going to be metaverse movies. Metaverse movies. Yeah. You know, they're going to need... That was gonna, that's a new gimmick. Yeah, they're going to need some uh, some new gimmicks. Or maybe anime. <laughs> anime could make a good resurge. Because I'm trying to think like... Like, because superhero films became massive because, like, nerd culture became mainstream. Yeah. So I'm trying to think, like, what aspect of nerd culture, which is more, like, obscure, could become even more mainstream? I feel like anime, maybe? Mm, Yeah, maybe. Yeah, because you have all that pre-existing material. But could everyone get into anime? No, I don't think they could. Mm. Like, Like, no... Because, like, anime is very, like, Japanese. Yeah. So I don't think that, like, translates to, like, American-isms. Yeah, there is still a problem with animated stuff getting taken seriously over here. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah we're a long way off that. Yeah. And live-action anime is fucking always awful. Like, oh, live-action anime. Yeah, I forget about that. Like, uh, yeah, that's so bad. Hopefully that isn't the next big thing. Jesus, we're in the fucking... <laughs> to the, we're the dark timeline and that's what becomes huge. Yeah, it's hard to predict, like, trends... You need, like, I think it'd be easier once we have, like, a film that's very different from superhero films but makes fucking gangbusters but is also very marketable. That's mm. probably where you'd see it. Avatar. Avatar. Maybe Avatar, Avatar just resets everything. It could do. But I think it's going to be, it lies in the key, you know. Avatar made so much money. 3D. Mm. 3D. Had all those gimmicks, technological gimmicks. Does 3D come back? Because there was nothing, you know, remarkable about the film itself. But 3D is obviously, you know, that's, it can't... The next big thing can't carry itself off just 3D. It's going to be 4D, Metaverse, mm. Oculus, Oculus. Oculus in, headsets. In the cinema. In yeah. the cinema. Think about it. I'm trying... Yeah. Oculus is getting big. Oculus is getting big. Or, like, VR stuff is getting big. I see more people, getting like, big. getting, like, put up on Instagram that are uh, new VR headsets and stuff like that. I have one on the way. Do you? Yeah. So, man, I was, in, I was in the canteen the other day. Someone was just mosing around with a headset. I was like, where'd you get that? You can get it for free, apparently. You do like a trial run in work. No way. So that I'm, sounds sick, bro. So I'm about to get uh, my programming, my Neuralink. Yeah, you're Elon Mark, Musk. Mark straight into the Matrix now. <laughs> yeah, straight in. I'm plugging into the system. What if What if when you put on the headset, it's just like, now take off the one that you're really wearing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, no! whoa! <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> VR. I I would love. See, I would love to get into VR, but I want to stay as far the fuck away from metaverse and all that fucking meta Facebook bullshit. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to do any of that type of stuff. I have no interest whatsoever in um, any kind of interaction with people. And Some games. <laughs> you know, if I'm interacting with someone online, I want it's text. Mm. If it's not text. We were texting I'd, on Google Docs earlier. That was fucking yeah. gas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's great, you know. It's just it's grand, you know. And that's innovation as well. Yeah. That's real real time texting, mm. you know. That was so fucking funny, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great timing. 
But like the whole thing where they like see that they did the demos and it was like you could be in a it's like basically Club Penguin but with like fucking um it's three D Club Penguin. Yeah, VR you, chat looks really fucking weird. Yeah, VR chat. So you're basically in a lobby with a lot of people and uh, you can talk to them. So like it's just it's like yeah, PlayStation, isn't it? Yeah. Like I've no interest in that. Absolutely no interest. Yeah, the same. I've absolutely no interest in that. I I would, I would watch a film though if it was in. Do VR. you know that NFTs are like bombing? Ready? Yeah, apparently they're bombing. There's been multiple scams that like have ruined it. Oh shit! Pick your NFT, bro. Could be going down. <laughs> I'm ruined. <laughs> I wasted all my life savings. My PowerPoint <laughs> NFTs are worthless. <laughs> oh, imagine if we did this fucking NFT or fucking podcast. We should. We yeah. should. Yeah. Well, we should. It's over now. But we it's should, over now. We the the booms. The gone. The bubble. The bubble yeah. burst. We could have made twenty, thirty euro off that. That was everywhere on social media for like, um, like last month, month before, and then mm. it's just I don't see anything about NFTs again. Yeah, Twitter changed. They accommodated like you could have your profile picture as an NFT, but it could be like verified in a certain way. What a fucking. Who would I know, have yeah, you, you change the shape of your profile and it would show that it was a verified NFT. But like now, now I don't see anything about them at all. No, same. Oh well. oh well. I think we killed it that time when we talked about yeah, it. Yeah, once we talked about it, dead. <laughs> I'll be fair, every time we do talk about something, we're miles behind. So <laughs> anytime we talk about something, it's completely irrelevant the next day. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we talked about the Bruce Willis stuff and it came out, our episode came out today. Yeah. <laughs> the conversation's already fucking gone. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna be completely cured by next week. Yeah. Or that how you'd be dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. I feel like it's really just going back to the question. I feel like it's really hard to predict what the next thing is gonna be. Cause currently we are stuck in franchises and like sequels and reboots and everything. Everything has to be an IP. Mm. So maybe the next big thing is just going to be a new IP. Get rid of IPs. Yeah. Get rid of IPs. You know, I think I think Russia have gotten rid of intellectual property, or they had they had some they had a draft legislation for like because you know the way all those companies pulled out, mm. so they kind of had no choice but to get rid of it, or they will have no choice. You know, there's going to be loads of pirated software. Like yeah. they know like Microsoft Office doesn't work now in, in Russia and stuff like that. I think China is quite similar as well. They just have loads of yeah loads of pirated shit. Well, that's like more and more of the world economy is just going to be completely disregarding Western uh, IPs and like yeah. intellectual property in general, which is a you know a bad thing in certain ways, but also a good thing you know because mm. you need to you need at some point someone's going to have to break all the monopolies. I thought yeah. it, it's either going to be you know you know the state like America or whatever like EU, and uh, but they probably aren't going to get around to it. They're probably not arsed realistically. Nah, they're so, making too much money off it. Yeah, yeah. But it does have to come crashing down at some point. Oh, let's burn it down. Burn it down, man. What killed the IP? <laughs> the Ice Age. The Ice Age. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I tell you. Yeah. We, we leave it there. We'll leave it there till yeah. next week. Recommended film for next week is Revenge, directed by... This is like the fourth time I have to pull up my phone to find a director's name. Directed by... Revenge, directed by... Corlie Fargit. Please pronounce that's French name. Corlie Fargit. Fargit? I don't know. Fargit. 19, or 19, 2017 film. Um, It's a rape revenge film, so, you know, content warning. I have to keep saying this for each time we talk about this film. <laughs> but it's meant to be very, very good. Um. It's like a feminist take on the rape revenge, uh, you know, uh, genre. So. 
you know, maybe we'll talk about Ice Spit in Your Grave as well. Nope. Will we not? I don't watch two rape revenge films in a week. That, that is heavy. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> we can just like, you know, I can look at... We'll watch uh, 12 Monkeys. Yeah, watch 12 Monkeys. Bruce. We'll watch a Bruce Willis film. Yeah, of course. And We'll watch a Bruce Willis and Will Smith film. Keep it light. <laughs> 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 All right, talk to you. Bye. See ya.